Hey, how are we all doing? This is Random Revelations with Ola Jumokokbamuti. And I'm here to talk about a topic that actually affects each and every one of us. And the topic is do not settle. Yeah, do not settle. Settling in the real sense of the word means a place of rest, a place of uh, a point of no return, um, a place where you, you say to yourself, you know, this is my point of conclusion, this is a place of conclusion and I'm not going anywhere else. But I'm not talking about that. I'm going to talk about a, a type of settlement that you have actually uh, ingrained in your mind. Um, a settlement of quitting. A settlement of this is the farthest I can I can go. A settlement of loss of willpower. A settlement of loss of strength. But I'm here to talk to you today about you know God's own settlement and uh, the ability not to believe in your own opinions or the opinion of, of others about your life because they can be quite tricky. And I'm going to start with a text for Peter, chapter 5, verse 10, which says, But the God of all grace, who had called us, in, called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered for a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and set you. You know, sometimes in life, when we are faced with so much trials and errors and temptations and trials, you know, and we tell ourselves, oh, you know what? This is, you know, this is the way I've always been. I don't think I can ever change, you know. Um, this is the way I can be for the rest of my life. I cannot change. And this tells me that uh, this person has come to a point of no return, that this person has come to a place of tiredness, of loss of willpower, of loss of resolve. Uh, that person can just thinks that this is the end of the road for me but God is telling you not to settle do not settle for the lies that you tell yourself do not settle for the lies that people tell you do not settle for the lies that the devil tells you because those are lies and those are not the truths about yourself I am the only one that tells you the truth about yourself you know we ought to come to a place where we take the initiative to change our mindset and become the person God wants us to be and not who we are raised to be or what our circumstances have made us to be. Fine, circumstances in the whole wide world or your environment or your family matters, you know, may, may cause you to think, you know what, I don't think this can ever change. Can this situation ever change? Can I actually go to university? Can I actually, you know, have a job can I actually have a child can I actually marry you know but God is telling you today do not let the circumstances of your environment of your upbringing change the fact or the truth that there is something a glory a light a fire within you you know that can actually cause you to become the person that God wants you to be it's like you know a child who is whose father is teaching her how to swim and holding on to her father said and the father tells her do not leave me just hold on to me you know because the father wants to train you to perfection it takes his time you fail again and again 
and again. Yet he says, do not leave me. Take hold of my hand and trust me. But you feel you're never going to change and that you're never going to learn and that he's going to get tired of you. You know, but it tells you, no, do not settle for that lie. I am not tired of you. You can fail again and again and again, but I'm here for you because I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not settle for the lie that says you're not good enough and that you cannot overcome your failures. I'm going to take a text again from Genesis 28 verse 15. And the word says, God was telling Jacob this. He said, and behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places with other goers. I will bring thee again unto this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. You know, when God says that his words will not fall to the ground, he means it. And he was telling Jacob in this instance that, you know, I am with you. Wherever you go, and everything I have told you will happen and surely happen to you. Please let us hold on to the word of God. You know, do not settle for the humiliation that people bring to you. You are not the words that they speak. Never be so carried away with what your zodiac signs tells you. <laughs> you know, people like me, I used to, you know, check the zodiac sign, and and it actually, uh, you know, gave me this uh, uh, lie about myself. You know, I'm a Cancerian, and uh, it says uh, Cancerians uh, for my date of birth will say. Uh, money will not come easily to you. So for, 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 I, I, I've, I, I, I don't know why I believe that. And it actually became my reality in some point. And I was wondering, that, God, why is, why is money not coming to me the way it's supposed to come? And God just reminded me, you know, you believed that, you know, fact of what your supposed zodiac sign told you, that money would never come easily to you. And you carry that. And you carry that fact. And you carry that lie about with you. So how would money come to you easily? You know? So for people people that, you know, people that believe their zodiac sign and the things that they say, sometimes it, it, it doesn't just work that way. You understand? You know, God can change your nature. He can change your, he can change your story. You know, he did it for Gideon. Gideon was someone that was, uh, you know, very fearful and timid but it was someone that was chosen how would you know how would a timid person or a shy person or a fearful person know he was chosen except he stepped out and did exactly what god told him to do so your circumstances or your nature actually does not uh, uh is not a determinant of where you're going to be in your future you know do not settle for the battle which seems to never end because you feel you are losing grounds because the fight will soon be over. Do not settle for that lousy behavior that you seem to have. You want to change, you know, but you feel it's beyond you. The blood of Jesus can settle that. Do not settle for that sin that seems to be overpowering you, you know. And I will take a quote from uh, a particular uh, pastor, Pastor James Aladjeron, that puts it. That the blood of Jesus and the cross is for sin eradication and not for sin management. So sin, sin is not supposed to be managed. It's supposed to be eradicated through the blood of Jesus and through the works of the cross. No one should settle for a life of sin as there's a lot to live for in the kingdom of God. 
you know. And we ask ourselves these questions. What if Abraham did not move from his father's house? He would still have remained there and he wouldn't have uh, uh, gotten into the purpose of God. What if Joseph did not flee from Potiphar's wife? He would still have remained in Potiphar's house as the head of slaves. What if Moses remained in the palace? He wouldn't have been he wouldn't have taken the Israelites out of Egypt. What if Hannah did not go to Shiloh that year? Oh, what if Hannah did not go to Shiloh that year? Would she have received her promise? What if Esther decided not to participate in the beauty contest? She would still, still have remained as a slave Jew girl and never would have gotten to be the queen that the king actually preferred. What if Daniel chose to behave like the other officials in the palace? What if he had decided to mingle, you know, with all sorts of atrocities in the palace? Would he have stood out? What if David did not visit his brothers at the war camp? And what if he did not decide to fight the Goliath? I'm sure we, know, we all know that story. The Israelites will still have remained defeated. What if the disciples never followed Jesus? Would we have the likes of Peter, of James, of John, you know, of Matthew? What if Peter did not obey Jesus when he asked him to throw his net into the deep again? He would have remained poor, you know. What if Jesus decided to stay in heaven and not come to die for us? Oh, I'm sure you know the answer to that. We will have remained in our sinful state. We will not have reconciled to our Lord and our God. And the veil will not have turned open on her behalf. You understand? And in Genesis chapter 32, verse 24, which reads, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him unto the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. It is time for us to prevail, so we shouldn't settle in our current state. Let us reach out to God. Let us reach out to God. He only can settle you, you know. Let God be the final settler of your life and let him be the determinant of your resting place. Do not settle. Do not settle. Do not settle. The future is so bright for you. Do not settle. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. And let Jesus be the determinant of your resting place. I pray that we all receive this light and we fight to finish for our lives, for our faith, for our families, for our future, for our careers, for our marriage, for our children, for whatever thing that you believe in God for. Do not settle.
Hey, how are we all doing today? My name is Olajumoke Okwemoti, and I'll be bringing to us a segment called Street Talk with the Ladies. I'll be talking to Christian single ladies about a particular topic, topic that affects every Christian single lady. And that topic is, who is a God-fearing man? Mm-hmm, you heard right. Who is a God-fearing man? Recently, I had the opportunity of inviting a love enthusiast like myself to speak to my ladies on our Telegram channel. This particular person is quite successful in connecting you know, men and women all around the world who are keen on finding love and definitely getting married. And he asked my ladies to mention three attributes of the kind of partner that they want to have. And all of them wrote i want a god-fearing man so who's a god-fearing man in the literal sense of it is a man that fears god plain and simple a god-fearing man is a man who has put god over his life and that means that everything he does is to please god every single decision that he makes Every action that he does, every word that he speaks is to please God and nothing more. And that means that the law of God is final for this man. So whatever God says is actually the final thing to the dismay of any other person. A God-fearing man will always mean what he says and says what he means. In the world that we are in today, we often find that men, you know, you know, men are sweet, have sweet talking tongues. And we women, we have itching ears, you know, to hear what we already know, if I may say so, you know. And a man will not hesitate to say sweet nothings to your ears if he wants to get something out of you. And he will always say these things because you know, he knows that we women, we love to hear good things about ourselves. A God-fearing man would always back up his words with actions. You know, I hear so many stories of young men who has proposed to women and we find them, you know, on the verge of getting married and we find them on Facebook or any other social media, getting married to another person, leaving the woman devastated. That is not a God-fearing man. He may go to church. He may attend Bible study. But if he's doing something that is opposite to what God actually likes or loves, that is not a God-fearing man. You know, a God-fearing man will always back up his words with actions. Whatever he says, he will do. And that is and that and because he says these things and he knows that you have held us to his promises, he will ensure that he fulfills those promises to you. That is who a God fearing man is. A God-fearing man will not just say sweet nothings to your ears. He will be anxious to carry out the promises to you. So if a man says he's going to buy you a red flower, he will buy you a red flower. 
If he says, in the next two years, I'm going to buy you a car, he will do as he has said. But we find that so many men nowadays, especially our church brothers, you know, and I'm saying this for we Christian single ladies who are already dreaming of brother Nehemiah coming to ask you out or brother Joshua proposing to you, dreaming about all sorts. Listen to this. A God-fearing man is not just someone who goes to church lifting up holy hands and speaking in tongues and reciting Bible verses all day. A God-fearing man is someone who will back up his words with action. Okay? You know when God says the two greatest commandments is number one, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. If a man loves God such as this, if he, if he, if he loves God with all his heart, with all his soul, he's also capable of loving you the same way, with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind, with all his strength. Why? Why is he loving you with all his heart? Because that is where life is. You remember when you were in love and you see your loved one coming, you know, running across the room to you. You know how your heart beats when you see the one you love? Yeah. A God-fearing man is very consistent. It's continuous. He will handle you with care. He will treat you like he treats his own heart. You know, people will often not want to die. (laughs) You understand? They will treat themselves with care. And that's why God said, love your neighbor as yourself. He He sees you as his neighbor because he will treat you with care because he doesn't want anything evil to happen to you if he doesn't if he doesn't allow anything evil to happen to him he won't allow any anything evil to happen to you that is who a god-fearing man is a god-fearing man will show you love by the quality of his heart and not the, by the way he speaks in tongues and not by the way he evangelizes not by the way he prays it is by the act of loving you or showing you love the quality of his heart will determine who a godly man is or who a God-fearing man is. Does his heart beat for you? Does he love you? Can he accommodate you with, his, with your excesses? The quality of a man's heart, does it show you commitment? Do you trust him? Do you trust his words? Do you trust his actions? You know, and I will pose this question. Oh no, not not, not a question per se. I will, I will say this statement to our young Christian ladies: Do not dwell on attitudes that imply godliness. Do not dwell on attitudes that imply godliness. Don't think that if a man goes to church, then he's a born again Christian. There are many men that goes to church. It is just for show off. Do not think that if he speaks in tongues, he has already seen the heavenly angels. No. Or if he prays for 24 hours, that implies that he loves God. No. Do not be deceived. 
my sisters, do not be deceived. You will know a God-fearing man by the quality of his heart and by the things that he does. He will back up his words with actions. He will promise and he will deliver. He will show you the kind of heart that he has by loving God. When you see a man that loves God, you will know their fruits speak well of them. You know, a God-fearing man will give himself wholeheartedly to you because his love stems from fearing God. Because he knows that if he does you bad, he is also actually in negation with God. If he destroys your soul, he knows that he will answer to God. And our speaker that we invited the other day said, when you find love, when you give love, when you learn to receive love in return, you have found God. When you receive love, and when you give love, and when you learn to receive love in return, you have found God. A God-fearing man will give you love in return. A God-fearing man would definitely be diligent. He's not lazy. Don't marry a man who is always saying that he will get around to doing things and never does it. Do not marry a man who sleeps in church all day but never gets to do anything, doesn't have any income. Do not marry a man, you know, who is not diligent in his dealings. He does not know how to make money. He's not prudent. No, that's not a God-fearing man. Do you see this? A God-fearing man is a man who will lead with gentility, firmness, fairness, and love. He's not domineering and he's not strong-willed. When we see in Galatians chapter 6 verse 2, he says, Bear one another's burdens. A godly man, a God-fearing man, will bear your burden. He will see your failings as his own. He will be quick to encourage you, be quick to comfort you. He will be quick to correct you. He will be quick to rebuke you if you are going wrong. And I've heard this recent saying that some women say there are some guys that are too nice. They don't like nice guys. <laughs> Do not be deceived. Don't think that Don't think that a nice man showing you, you know, love and care does not know what he's doing. Don't ever repeat that statement that you don't want nice guys. There are many nice guys around the whole world that will show you love and care. Do you see this? In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11, he said, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I taught as a child. You know, I behaved as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. A God-fearing man is matured in his thinking. His emotional intelligence is top-notch. He knows what you're feeling, you know. 
He's someone who is not tied to his mother's apron. He can make decisions on his own. He's financially matured. He's emotionally matured. He's spiritually matured. You know, he can lead you to the place where you want to be. That is who a God-fearing man is. A God-fearing man, and I will take this text in James chapter 1, verse 20. He said, For the wrath of man walketh not the righteousness of God. He is not easily angered. Now we hear of series of horror stories of domestic violence all around the world. A man who is easily angered, you know, and who deals in rage. At the slightest provocation, he slaps or kicks or busts your head against the wall. That is not a God-fearing man. Please, run for your life. A God-fearing man will always supersede his desire to please God over his desire to please you. Because that is who he reports to and that is who he first loved. Do you see this? So if you see a man who loves God wholeheartedly, be rest assured that he will love you too wholeheartedly and let me say just say this i've i've read out list of beautiful qualities of a god-fearing man he's not perfect he can make mistakes but when he makes make mistakes he gets so fast he repents he corrects himself he asks for forgiveness of sins that is who a god-fearing man is i pray that our Christian single ladies will be able to discern who a God-fearing man is to a churchgoer. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you.